Happy Tuesday. And uh, we've got a great guest talking about moving. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but moving stressful. <laughs> when my wife and I literally moved about four blocks down the street, we didn't realize how uh, how much fun that was. It was gonna, not going to be, especially with two little kids. Fun. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> our guest today is going to kind of give us some tips on maybe ways we can reduce the stress, especially when we're talking about moving into senior living. So with that, I am going to turn it over to Catherine Wells. Hey, so Teresa, we're so glad to have you here today talking with us. So everyone who is watching us live, please ask questions in the comments, share your thoughts. Um, we have an expert here to answer these questions. This is what she does all day long. So Teresa Cashman is, is the owner of TLC Clearing Space. And I'll let Teresa share a little bit about her background and who she is. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, TLC, because Mama's got a sense of humor and name me Teresa Lynn. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> Do we have to say it with an accent? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't know where the southern slang comes in sometimes, the, the twang. That's great. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, had a grandmother who would tell us stories about growing up in the Depression and how her nine brothers and sisters gave up all their Christmas presents one year so she could get a pair of glasses. And I just, Aww. you know, I from those stories, I took away such an understanding of not only the monetary value that goes into our things, but the emotional value. And so I bring yeah. a lot of that understanding when I'm going in to pack up someone's things or help them downsize, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm bringing that heart with me. Wow, that is so touching to even think about having to do that. And people today still have to do that. And um, it, and it's rough and really rough when you're moving someone who's lived in a house for 60 years or just been together for six years or has accumulated 60 years worth of stuff, right? It doesn't matter what the situation is. They have to go from having all of that to living in a smaller space. And I know that my dad had us rent a storage unit and, and we just put everything in a storage unit because he couldn't bear to part with it because it meant to him if he parted with it, that this was real and that he might not come home and that mom really did have Alzheimer's and that you know all the things he kind of was able to push to the back of his head. And this is what you do every day, Teresa, you help people in a lot of different situations, but but specifically, you also help people who are older and need to either downsize their homes or move into senior living. So how do you do that? Talk with our audience, share with our audience a little bit about how do you even begin to do that? Yeah, carefully and with heart, right? Um, uh, you know, so for my process, I always start with a consultation and I'll go in and meet with the potential client and we actually go through and, you know, if, especially if it's a downsizing situation, um, we'll spend some time and go through a drawer together or a shelf and just kind of get a feel for, you know, how do you make decisions and what's important to you and, and I want to hear about that um, so I can understand the client and, and what they're ultimately um, valuing and looking to accomplish. And then just sort of extrapolate from there to, to give um, a sense of the scale of, you know, the quote and estimates and things like that. Um, 
And then when it comes to doing the downsizing, it really is such a highly individualized process that, you know, it, it really depends on the person I'm working with or the couple I'm working with or the family I'm working with and where their values lie. And I want to help guide and facilitate that process um, because it's a really important part of closing a chapter of your life, right? If you're moving, even if you're a younger person moving, right? Like it's, it's a change. And, and it's important to recognize that that process is an important part of that change. And, um, and at the same time, trying to keep it light and, um, and make it easy, you know, because um, we, we can get bogged down in the emotion that we attach to things. But I think it's also important to remember that the things are not our relationships. And if we get rid of the things, that's not getting rid of the relationship or the love we have for that person. And so just, you know, trying to find that balance of what's going to be important to bring forward into the next chapter um, and what things we can thank and say goodbye to. Teresa, does it get really emotional at times, you know, when you're going through that drawer? I mean, how do you handle, you know, obviously it sounds like you have that compassion, which is super critical, but... How do you kind of take that when, you know, everyone's not the same, which I, I applaud you for going into that wide open, because I think that's what I love to hear is we can't treat everybody in that same box. So what are some tips to for families to navigate when maybe their loved one gets really emotional around this, this, this need to downsize? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I see it as holding space for the process, right? We all... Like I said, no matter how old you are when you're moving, it's it's a process of letting go of one chapter and going into another. And if you're helping someone with that, just being able to be there and hold space and listen to their stories and, and hear them out can be huge. Um, and at the same time, I recognize that not being someone's family member allows me a bit of distance. And I tell people all the time, I love my mother. I don't know that I would want to do this work with her because of the closeness I have with the things around her. Um, and so it can be good to have some unbiased third party kind of join the conversation and, and give some insight into what's going to actually hold any sort of monetary value if you're looking to sell items or you know where to donate things so that they don't just go in a landfill. You know, there's lots of lots of options out there. I love that you said your part of your process is to hold space for the process, yeah. and it is a transition. And we talk about that in our collab cohort. We're talking very specifically this quarter about the move from home into senior care, whatever that is, whether it's bringing in home care, downsizing. Um, and or moving into senior living. And I think about the the ways that you work with family members who maybe aren't there and want to still be part of the process. How do you manage that? Communication, right? <laughs> um, uh, one of the first questions I ask, especially when I'm working with multiple family members, is how do you like to be communicated with? Mm. So that, you know, if... If someone's working out of state, I know that they've got kids to bus around, they've got a job to work around, they work best by text message or emails, or, um, you know, and just trying to make sure that we are including all family members in the discussion of 
where everything goes and what's going to happen to it. And I just want to go back to one one thing: communication. Can't stress that enough. Right. Uh, you know, that's really important to focus on, even prior to the move or prior to doing any of this, is having that open communication with your 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 mom, dad, your loved one, right, about what the process is going to be. Not just all hey, we're packing your house up tomorrow, right? I mean, that's you know, like I said, having that that plan in place. Yeah, and yeah. That, so, oh, sorry, I was just going to add that 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 is so important and can be very hard, especially if someone is not ready to have that conversation, right? right? And and there too, I I always try to stress to my folks like, do this while you have choice, do mm. this while you have yeah. time and control, and make the decisions that are going to impact your life while you have the ability to do so because stuff changes. And yeah, and I think that that's what I really wanted to hone in on. And thanks, Morgan, for watching. Love it. Um, Morgan's giving you a big shout out, Teresa. So um, the, Morgan. Yeah. Um, so how do you manage that? When do you recommend to families that they begin to have these conversations with their loved ones. As early as possible. I mean, things can always change, right? Your preferences may change down the line, but the sooner you have some sort of plan in place, I mean, I've already told my parents what I want to have happen to me were I to get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? Like, um, it's. I think it's always good to have some sort of idea of what you'd like to, um, go forward in your life with. Yeah. I mean, Teresa, and how, how do you, you know, I think that's great, but, but I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it until they absolutely have to. Right. Do you have any suggestions as to how, I don't want to make it say, make it less scary, but make it more inviting to have that discussion. Yeah. Um, I think it's all around having choice, right? It's, it's about, um, being aware of what options are out there and, uh, and discussing that openly and, and trying to get a feel for what's going to be important to your family member. Um, whether they're ready to have that conversation or not, you can usually sort of work out what's where their values lie and, and what they might like, even if they're not totally ready to have that conversation yet. You know, if you, as a family member, if you're at all concerned or you want to start having that conversation, I wonder if it's a good idea to maybe start telling stories that you have of other people. So what kind of stories could you share about, you know, real life scenarios that maybe worked really well and maybe didn't work really well so that families can have something that they can say, you know, I know that this person down the road did this and it seemed to work really, really well for them. What do you think? Because your your things are important, mom or dad or spouse. Mm -hmm. And we want to cherish that and we want to honor what you want to do with that. Yeah. So what are I, your thoughts on that, Teresa? Yeah, do you have I some good stories to share? Beautiful. Yeah, the way you phrase that is beautiful. Um, I know I've... I've helped out on a couple of probate cases where there were not any sort of instructions left. And that was incredibly hard on the family, especially I, I helped a, a woman um, this past summer whose brother died in April. And because of all the COVID restrictions, she wasn't able to get out there until the summer. And so we were trying to go through 
everything in his apartment without any sort of guidance as to what he would have wanted to have happened to those materials or, um, you know, whether he would have been okay with her selling stuff or keeping stuff or, you know, and that, that was pretty tough. Um, I've also helped couples who, uh, whose health declined really quickly and unexpectedly. And um, uh, my, my favorite couple, I'll change their names for their privacy, but, um, but Sarah's health declined so rapidly that she wasn't able, they, they invited me to come into their home to bring everything up from the basement because they weren't able to carry it up. Um, and it was just so much material. She got so drained after about an hour Mm. that I had to come back again and again and again to try to go through this material. And um, they ended up not even keeping much of it. You know, a lot of it just went to donation because they had held on to it for so long. They still wanted to go through it, but, um, you know, there wasn't anything really of value. So, yeah. I find that a lot. I, I find that that generation, and when I say that generation, I speak more about my parents' generation. They, um, they would be 82 right now if they were alive. And the the idea that they held on to things because they grew up in the through the Great Depression. So they just held on to things. You didn't throw things away. And we had that experience as well going through their things. Like a lot of it just didn't never needed to be held on to. But then some of it you realize meant something really special to them and you had no idea. And so that's the joy in all of it. And I know I can imagine being in their shoes in the older adult shoes and having people go through your stuff. That would feel really awful to me, like losing control. So can you talk a little bit about, give our families who are listening some pointers on how to approach that so that they, their loved one knows that it's still their stuff and it's they're in control and the family members are just there to help them. Yeah. Um, I think what you just said is all they need to hear. Honestly, it's like, you know, that anyone knows that if you lost control over your independence right now, you'd be mad. Right. And I see a lot of families where, you know, the unfortunate reality is that being so close to someone, you can sometimes be the brunt of that and you can receive a lot of that anger. And that can be really hard to accept. But I think the the love that we have for our relatives will carry us through and, and help us with that. And I think the best you can understand is that, you know, as as we age, things change and, and our personalities change a little bit and, and we get a little more stuck in our ways or um, or, or otherwise small changes happen where, you know, it may not be the exact same personality that you grew up with. And, and you know, having lost some level of control um, can, can bring up a lot of, a lot of really hard feelings. Um, and the more we can just be there for each other and, and, um, and just be present and hold space, like I said before, is kind of, kind of the key. I love that. And I could imagine being mad, but coming from a place of fear, like, this is scary. This really is, I, this is becoming the end of my life and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what about trying to take more, you know, for families taking a more collaborative approach with mm -hmm. their loved ones? We're, I'm a big believer of the idea of doing it with, 
right? I love that approach that you had, Teresa, of you go through that drawer together, right? To understand that sentimental connection or that monetary value is how they're looking at it. Because um, I think too often we try to do too many things like do to them versus doing it together. And, and I, I would be curious to see, uh, you know, anecdotally if, you know, that approach of, hey, mom, let's do this you and I together, or we're going to bring in Teresa to do it with us versus mm -hmm. well, she's going to come do this and you've got to kind of sit there, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think, uh, I hope I was speaking to that as oh, well. Because, you know, it, it's one of those, you're, you're doing this with them out of love. And sometimes it brings up negative feelings, but right. that's not always the case, obviously. Um, and uh, I think anytime you can collaborate is positive, right? Um, right. Yeah, definitely. I, I concur. I, agree. I just want, I think for some of us that get busy with our lives, I think it's really important to remember this is a time to slow down and not be maybe so task oriented, right? And be more oriented on the outcome or that positive outcome that can be achieved. Because if it's just a hustle, bustle, go, 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 we're going to lose that personal connection, that touch aspect. Yep. So if we can slow ourselves down and remember, hey, we're in this with them while we navigate this new road, that I think would have some more positive outcomes. Yeah, and there's a very uh, important factoid I learned, and that is the human brain is only good at making decisions for a maximum of two to three hours. Wow. Interesting. You cannot plan to, you cannot plan to fly in if you're oh. living out of state and go through your whole parents' apartment with them in a week. It's not going to happen. Interesting. Because, yeah. Well, or not in a good, it may not have a good outcome, right? Mm -hmm. um, I am, that is such an important piece of information. And, and to marry that with what Francis just talked about with um, doing it with, and I know that's your approach, Teresa, but I can tell you, I didn't do that with my family. I definitely looked at it as a task and we all sort of came in on a Saturday and said, okay, this is our day and we got my other brother on zoom because he wasn't there and i so for the audience um one way to make this better and easier on everyone is to slow down to find ways to do it in small chunks to look for the joy ask about the memory ask them when you see them looking at something longingly or differently ask about what memory does that bring up mom or dad or spouse you know can you tell me about it? I'd love to hear and and ask for their stories. What a what a beautiful opportunity to get some of that history. I've even heard of um, downsizing parties. Hmm. So you go through and you you know you spend a couple hours here, an hour there, and you go through all your closets and pick out all the things that you'd like to upcycle back into the world and you know free up your closets or whatever. And uh, and you know we're coming out of COVID, hopefully we'll have enough vaccines out soon that we can start gathering again. But um, but yeah, having downsizing parties where you invite all your friends over and have a couple bottles of wine and everybody gets to take something home as a memory of you. And That's cool. That's, that's, uh, that's cool. I love it. Yeah. I love that idea. And I love it that it becomes more um, open to discuss, right? When you're having those type of things, yeah. you're not hiding away from, oh, I'm downsizing or I'm giving things away, but you're now maybe empowering or encouraging your neighbors or friends to talk about it and think about it. So you're giving them that that positive impact on this, not looking at it as a negative, but as positive, positive outcomes that will occur. So I love that. That's cool. A downsizing party. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. My clearing spaces tagline is making room for what comes next. 
you know, I love that. Maybe, I love aging in place that you want to have a room free for the grandkids to come over. You need to make space for that. You know, you want to start a new hobby. You don't want to take up painting, right? You need some space for that. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely That's not, so great. it does not have to be a negative thing at all. I love moving. <laughs> Wow. Just don't move four houses down because that's really hard or, or four blocks, whatever it was you did, Francis. It is harder to move close by than it is to move a long distance because we, we don't pack as well. And yeah, yeah been there. I've totally done it. Yeah. So, yeah. so Teresa, let me ask you this. Um, as a family member who has gone through it myself, I have some items that my dad wanted me to have. And uh, they they don't mean to me what they meant to him and and to my mom and I feel guilty because I actually don't really love them but I keep them so I keep them in a drawer because I love my mom and dad and they aren't worth anything but I sit there sometimes and I think why do I feel guilty because why can't I give this the thank you you served my mom and dad so well and and move it back into the world how do you help families deal with the guilt of things like that? Yeah, that's a really hard one. That That's a very hard question. It's, and it's not cut and dry. You know, it's sometimes the case is just that you're not ready to let that go yet. And that's okay. You know, it can be problematic when you're not ready to let anything in your house go. And when you're not ready to let the old newspapers Go, the old National Geographics, right? Like, you know, there, there's you know my dad. Yeah, uh -huh. but, you might. You know. um, but I think you know it's worth uh, checking in with yourself and seeing what's happening in there, and um, and just kind of questioning um, where you're holding your values, right? Because if you're if you're holding on to this as a memory of your father, then that's great. If you're holding on to this out of duty to him, that could be a good thing, right? Like there's there's lots of values that come out with each of these items that we come across. And um, I think it's important to just kind of take a step back and like you said, slow down and just look at that and say, am I holding on to this um, just straight out of guilt, out of shame for something? And is that, a good thing for me to keep in my life for that reason? Or is it time that I address that and, and look at that? So it just depends on yeah. why you're holding on to it. That's great. And it is a process, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's not a right answer. How beautiful is that? Right. Because right? <laughs> we know, are individuals. We are yeah. unique. Right. And I love the, it. The, the line I draw in the sand for me is people's safety. Right. So if you're talking about holding on to everything in your house and you and you've got a, a level of clutter that's going to cause tripping hazards that could put you in a hospital or um, an amount of stuff that, God forbid, if emergency personnel came in, if there was a fire or something and they were going to be hurt by your stuff. That's where I want to draw the line and, and really have that hard conversation about it's really probably a good idea to start letting some stuff go because. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's a great uh, way to look at it, though. Is it's finding that balance and safety needs mm -hmm. to, you know, really be at the forefront uh, of what 
you know, we're doing. And you can still do safety with compassion and love, right? It doesn't need to be that aggressive mm -hmm. approach. So, um, but I love that philosophy where you really have that hard sand or hard line is is around safety. And I think uh, that's so important, so yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and and for our audience, Teresa is a, a master at what she does. So if you are wondering, like, how do I talk to my parents about this? How do I start this process? I'm not sure I have a unique situation here. I wanna talk it through with someone. Call Teresa, she'll talk with you about it and help you kind of navigate that a little bit. So Teresa, we always ask our guests, who do you consider to be a maverick in your life? Oh gosh. Um, so um, in my spare time, I'm also a uh, stained glass artist. And so um, I, I happen to make friends with the owner of Meow Wolf down in Santa Fe. It's this crazy art interactive space. Very cool if you get down to Santa Fe or if there's one in Vegas, they're building one in Denver. It's right. Said Meow Wolf is what you said? Mm-hmm. Yep, they're building one I-25 in Colfax. So oh. you'll see that in the next year or so. It's very exciting. Um, but uh, one of the initial founders and I became friends. And I mean, if you've ever been to one of these places or if you get to go to the one in Denver when it opens this year, you will understand why I think he's a maverick. He's just um, revolutionizing, you know, what we view as an art museum, right? Like this is a whole different experience. It's cool. How fun. I can't wait. <laughs> we'll have, if everyone is vaccinated or, you know, we're in a good spot, whenever they open, we'll have a little Mavericks gathering there. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Perfect. Love Very it. cool. Very cool. So Teresa, tell our audience how they can reach out to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, feel free to find me and it's all up on the bottom now. My website is tlcclearingspace.com. You've got my phone number and my email there. Um, and honestly, reach out with the dumb questions. I don't mind. It's fine. Don't worry about it. There's there's no judgment and no shame. Just whatever you got. I'll be happy to help. <laughs> no judgment and no shame. It's mm -hmm. a no judgment zone. And that's so important when you're going through that. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. We appreciate all that you do to help families and older adults navigate a new time in their life. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Teresa. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have some more stuff coming out from our Mavericks cohort, as well as we've got some great guests coming down the line, including... Uh, I think we have an elementary student that we're going to talk about aging here in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned as we got some more topics coming up.